0: Well, we know it's been wet and wild and crazy out there, but the sun's out today. It's gonna rain again tomorrow. I don't know what's gonna happen next. I do know one thing, rain or shine, sleet, snow, hail. If they've got power, there's one place in Chico that has shelter, food, water, beer, wine, and happy hour. That's the handlebar.
1: Yeah, they're located at 2070 East 20th Street on the south end of town here in Chico. Uh, They've been longtime advertisers here on our show. We stand by them. I was there within the past week. We'll always be there within the next Always street. a great beer selection. Yeah, like you said, they've got a beautiful indoor, beautiful outdoor situation. Regardless of what the weather's doing, you can count on great beers, uh, especially during their happy hour, like you said, Johnny. Seven days a week, 2 to 6 p.m., a dollar off any of those draft beers. Again, that's the handlebar, 2070 East, 20th Street. Go check them out, and here's our show. Why don't we begin? Report to set. We hope you enjoy. This is Fresh Hot Cinema. Hey, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a craft beer, movie podcast, and radio show, and YouTube channel, and we're based in Chico,
0: California. Worldwide entertainment entity. I am Max Menardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Hello.
1: This week on the show, we're covering American fiction. It's the debut feature film from director Cord Jefferson and stars Jeffrey Wright as Thelonious Allison, a professor and frustrated writer who, while on leave from his job and sick of sort of reductive stereotypes of black people in popular culture, decides as a joke... To write a reductive story of his own, only to be met with a ton of success, all while juggling familial responsibilities to his siblings and mother with progressing Alzheimer's. Just the mother, not the siblings. That would be a lot at once.
0: Yeah, it will. Um,
1: Before we give you our thoughts on that, Johnny's going to tell you what we're drinking this
0: week. Yeah, our featured brewery this week is Half Acre Brewing out of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we're doing two versions of their Barely aged Stout series, Ben Thick. Uh, the first is two by four. It's so a barrel aged stout. That's thirteen point six percent, and the second is the chocolate hazelnut version of their BA stout, and it is fourteen point eight percent. And these were donated this week by Philip James as recompense for that last nasty ass beer that made us seriously nauseous. What um was that beer? Oh yeah, I don't remember, but it made it to the number one spot on both of our worst beers of the year.
1: Was that in? Uh, was that this past year?
0: Yeah, that was like the gravy bacon sauce. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah.
1: Oh, what a hor- I, we we already did this. We did this so recently. We shouldn't re- go over it
0: again. But I'm sorry, I brought it up. Triggered you? It's okay.
1: It was um it was an experience for sure. Um, I'm looking forward to trying both of these. Um, but let's get back to business. If you're listening on KZFR ninety point one FM. We hope you're having a terrific Saturday afternoon. Um, On the radio version of our show today, you'll be hearing the majority of our episode, which will eventually include spoilers for American fiction. Uh, If you haven't seen the film yet and you don't want it spoiled, I'd encourage you to come back, finish up the conversation in podcast form after seeing the movie. Uh, That version of the show includes the always unpredictable Hot and Bothered segment, which is exclusive to podcast listeners. We had a a very traditional Hot and Bothered last week. Like it was almost no talk of movies and beers like you, your Hawaiian trip and like me, maybe a couple of drinks into the show and just like rambling about stuff. It was awesome. It was like, it was a good hot and bothered. And you, if you're listening on the radio, you never get that kind of stuff. It's again, just for podcasters or YouTube watchers. Um, but it is how we end the show each week by just, yeah, catching up with each other and sometimes talking about movies, sometimes beers, sometimes
0: anything. Sometimes really. It's anybody's we just, guess. We just yeah. have drinks and get silly. Yeah. Those are the best ones. (laughs) To find this episode in its entirety, including that Hot and Bothered segment, you're going to go search for Fresh Hop Cinema on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or any other major platforms we've released new episodes every friday almost since 2016 which means since you're hearing this on a saturday it's available to all of you listening on kzfr right now if you like the show go take five seconds and leave us a five-star rating on apple podcasts and definitely let us know you did that text us to brag or with feedback about the show at 530 433 Zero eight three nine. Again, that number is five three zero four three three zero eight three nine. To hang out with us on social media, you're going to search Fresh Hop Cinema on Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, or Untapped, or just head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com. I was
1: going to send the show a text right now, um, which is my fancy way to say, I actually don't know where my phone is, and I hope it's not on loud. So if it goes off today, I'm so Fair sorry. Fair warning. I don't All know right. where it is. It's probably in this room, but I can't. Oh, I see it. I'll get it eventually. We'll find it. Um, let's talk about Patreon. It's how we keep the show rolling. Uh, from the highest tier to the lowest, I want to incorporate our YouTube perks real quick. Yep. Uh, you can give us $10 per episode if you want, and you can become listed as an executive producer of this show mm-hmm. in our credits here on, on the YouTube.
0: Very exclusive. Um,
1: All the way down to just, you know, a nice good shout out and invite and um, access to all of our bonus content, invites to our events.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our perks run the gamut on patreon.com slash freshhopcinema, but essentially it's a way for you to support our show. True. There's a bar hang this week. There's a bar hang this week. I'm stoked for that. It's going to yeah. It's gonna be probably in my hot and bothered this week. Uh, yeah, oh. we have monthly events. Hopefully not bothered. Hopefully not bothered. Uh, and if you want to know more, you can find out more at patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. Um, if you just kind of want to stay in the loop with us, you can join as a free member and you'll still get notifications about some of this stuff, though you won't have access to all of the super secret perks. But at least you'll kind of be in the know with what we're doing. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, anything else on Patreon, dude? You mentioned the bar hang. I think that's worth it. That was
0: it. it. Yeah, I'm stoked uh, for the bar hang. And also everyone on Patreon, go subscribe on YouTube. Yeah. That would help us out a lot. We just started the video. Max has been working really hard at it. Uh, if you are so obliged share that on your social media, reposts yeah. help. Uh, let's get those views up. We're going visual. I'm sorry, but it's it's yeah. here. I, I
1: always feel mixed. Like anytime I've listened to a podcast first, then see the faces of the people, it throws
0: me for a loop. Gross. And like,
1: you know, a lot of our Patreon people are like, and like we're a fairly local show. So like most people know us personally, mm-hmm. but it's just a weird thing. Like when you see the the mouths of the people you've been listening to, yeah. it's just a trip. Like you, don't hyper-focus on the mouth though, huh? You know, I'm giving just crash zooms on both of our mouths right there. Um, Okay, that's February 9th. You should have been invited on Facebook. And if if not, sorry, but you definitely were. So you can find the event. You can find all the details if you're already on Patreon. Um, We hope to see you the 9th. And I think that is our Patreon housekeeping out of the way. Johnny Summers, you are now pouring our first beer. I'm going to read you a couple of little notes off of Half Acre's About section. Um, I've condensed it slightly to be a little bit more pertinent to stuff that matters to us on this show, which is that Half Acre was founded in 2007. They were originally a Wisconsin brewery from uh, a city called Black River Falls. Um, city doesn't feel quite right. From a, a tiny town called Black River Falls, mm-hmm. I would guess. Um, they developed a brewery in 2008 uh, on Lincoln Avenue. And then in 2013, they got a Chicago location that I think most people attribute to their brewery nowadays. Yeah. They have a pale ale that is fairly- Daisy cutter. Daisy cutter pale ale. Yeah. It is a pale ale mm-hmm. um, that is renowned and yeah. good. You've had it? Mm-hmm.
0: I like it. I don't think I've ever had it. I swear I've had it with you. It doesn't matter.
1: Okay, well, either way, yeah. we are drinking not the opposite of a pale ale necessarily, but not a pale ale. Pretty close. Um, tell me more about, about these beers. Just, I guess the beer number one. Tell me about two by four.
0: Uh, two by four is uh, – so Ben Thick ben is, Thick is the barrel-aged beer, and they do a ton of different variants of Benthic. We've got two of them on hand today. So Ben Thick two by four, it's a barrel-aged coffee coconut stout, 13.6%. Uh, it is bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with two times the coffee and four times the co- toasted coconut. It's a lot. So that's it's, a lot. It's huge. <laughs> okay, it's epic. It's going to be ridiculous. Okay, have you ever had any of the Ben You would know if I had I'd, I every uh, share that I've been to where I've had them. You haven't been there. Okay, that's why it was kind of important to get these because I wanted you to try them.
1: Yeah, I. So no, I think I think the answer is no. Um, I really love this though, i love whenever this happens on the show where we get to do two variants of the same beer mm-hmm. it's always so fun is there a non sort of is there just like a Ben
0: Thick period yeah how's that beer it's delicious yeah it's fantastic but i wanted to get to uh philip had access to a bunch of different variants mm-hmm. and i basically got to pick two that i thought were cool great uh so these are two of the the wild and crazy ones
1: and you went with the barrel coffee co-count Mm-hmm. Reading the notes. Coconut. <laughs> count. yes. Um, okay. Mine says coconut. No. Oh, it does on not. On the bottom, it doesn't. Count. Um, Let's try it. 13.6, man. Whatever. It's, you know, I, who knows? Like, there's no windows in our shot today, so, like, nobody knows what time we're doing this. It's not it, it nighttime. Could, it could be 8 o'clock at night. It could be the perfect time to drink. Did, did you smell it? I so, haven't even... No. I I've, mean, like, from here. I can't smell it. Yeah, okay. No, I can just smell... Get that in This. You. But, yeah, I will. Um, but I'm not going to leave this dead air, so I'm going to wait until you finish drinking. Uh, tell me about your initial impression of this. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Have you had two by four before?
0: I don't. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Oh, sure. God. It's oh. – All right. I don't think I have. <laughs> um, if I did, it was at a share. And okay. There was many other stouts being had, so it's hard to really pinpoint it. Holy guacamole.
1: That's – Oh, Oh, I actually—I know that was like, you probably just went down the wrong pipe there. But it is a um, a potent nectar.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't the heat. I definitely got a little drop um, down the, the airway.
1: But I wouldn't—I mean, after tasting it, I wouldn't be surprised if that elicited a mm. a choking, coughing sensation in a in a good way mm-hmm. from the drinker. Oh yeah, that's a lot, dude. Yeah. Um, it's almost too much mm-hmm. on a first drink. I'm gonna double check, but yeah. um, super sweet, super toasty. A lot, a lot of like caramel notes, mm-hmm. not a ton of coconut yet.
0: Well, you get the coconut in that it's not the sweet, like banana body coconut. Yes. This has a real like coconut, coconut meat. Meat. Yeah. Meat, yeah, yeah, meat. Yeah, like if you made a coconut sandwich, Ugh. that'd be this, sure. this beer is a coconut it sandwich. It tastes like coconut,
1: it tastes like, like naturally processed coconut chips. Kind of. Yeah. Like that kind
0: of, It's that's actually a pretty good comparison,
1: I think, because chips are often baked or whatever. Have you had coconut, like have you had toasted coconut flakes, Mm -hmm. like on top of uh, frozen yogurt? Yeah. Great. This has that same kind of roastiness. Totally. But yeah, Yeah. with the authentic coconut. Mm -hmm. I'll try again
0: now. Yeah, definitely like real coconut and so much of it, it tastes like you just took a bite out of one. And the coffee adds so many like nice toasty, roasty notes, but it never gets that burned that you like. No,
1: it does not get that, which that is you good, don't like. That actually. I don't like, yeah. Um, I don't like you singling me out for that, like that nobody likes. Yeah. Yeah. That burnt flavor, that ashy. <laughs> the acrid. Like, um, I don't know if I'm loving the coffee notes up against the coconut notes. I in in you would know this maybe in Hawaii there's um a lot of coffees that get processed with coconut or even in the states we have like flavored coffees like a coconut latte almost oh sure but I even mean like down to the beans sometimes oh. people will do like you know like you get your hazelnut flavored coffees or vanillas that I've seen coconut ones mm-hmm. I don't like them yeah um partially because they're I mean I, I that's a more specific version of these two flavors combined this is, has this has the beer thing going so there's more to it uh but I just don't
0: know that the flavors are my favorite pairing ever that's fair but i do like it so far it reminds me of like a blended coconut mocha. yeah like a frappe like a, frappuccino. a frappe a frappe. Yeah. frappe.
1: are we is this the can is it between the two of our glasses is that the can yep okay um i'm tempted just to kind of i'm gonna palm it for a little bit here yeah um because i do want to see what comes out as we get a little bit warmer it was it's only been out of the cooler which has ice today uh-uh. oh, okay uh it's still fairly chilly it's not ice cold or anything yeah i think that's a good a good move on your part um but look at that in your glass man I mean, I can just see it and I don't, I don't know if anybody's gonna be able to see this in the camera, but it's literally changing the color of the glass and it's staying up there so long um, mm-hmm. that it's turning the clear glass brown. Like when you swirl it, it, yeah, it just- It's got such a strong like viscosity that it's really just, I mean, it's changing the glass. Look at that. Oh, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's syrup. Yep. This is so thick. And I will say it doesn't taste that thick. Um, also, which brewery am I shouting out here by holding this glass like this? That's a New Glory glass. Well, look at them go! Um, I'll tell you, I enjoy this beer more than the last New Glory we did on the show. Probably yep. that that reiteration of pulp after years. Yeah, that also made the bottom of my yeah. last year. Yeah. Neither here nor there. This is good. Yep. I really like it. It's super sweet. I'm going to go in for I think my third drink. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's such you know, a it's a hefty beer, right? It's just so much mouthfeel. It is. Like the epitome of a pastry stout, but I, I'm digging it. I love the amount of coconut that I'm getting. And I do love the, the raw meaty coconut feeling rather than being that banana boat sickly. I do too. Like spray, like not spray tan, but like tanning lotion. Yes. Sunscreen. Sunscreen. Yeah. More tanning lotion. Is it? Like the banana boat that you put on to get nice and bronzed up. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I like the coffee. I almost wish there was more coffee. I, I kind of do too. We could do three by four. Oh, is that the deal with that? I don't know. Oh, that'd be I'm great. I'm just saying, just pump those numbers up. You sound like
1: somebody who's just found the in and out secret menu. Yeah. Can I get a 4 by 4 even? Yeah. Uh, they used to not have a limit on that. Did you know that? That's crazy. Or I, maybe that's true. I could be a lie. Like a 32 by 32. You, they used to for sure do 8 by 8s Yeah. Which like they just put in a box and like, yeah. here's your here's your truckload of food you animal. Be, I would eat that. This is too sweet for me. Cool. Um, I'm confident of that after drinking it now three or four times. That, that was my number one concern with
0: you with these beers. It's not
1: – it seems like it would be my concern with you, and it would have been had you not seemed to
0: be having a love affair with it this They're so good. So you, not too sweet for you? No, I don't think so. Wow. I think I that mean, level of sweetness with the barrel that you get – Do you get much barrel? Mm-hmm. That's what uh, the heat is. I
1: guess. I, and there is that on the end, but I don't taste that almost until – like I'm. it's hitting me now, and mm. I, I've, it's been about a minute since I drank it.
0: I get it right up front and then mm-hmm. a little bit in the finish, but – I really like the way it all blends together. Um, only complaint is that why it's not perfect is there should be more coffee. Okay, I would love more coffee.
1: Okay, I could use um, way more heat, way less sweetness, and either more coffee or more coconut. Probably not both.
0: It's the first time anyone's ever said a beer needs to be hotter. It does, dude. I mean, it's so syrupy and so <laughs> sweet. Like, I—that's the point, man. They're pushing I the envelope. No, it's just a lot. Who um, can be the thickest
1: boy? yeah or yes i don't know uh I'm, I'm about ready to rate it if you
0: are uh yeah all right um should we go lowest score first or highest uh well you think yours is going to be lower than mine i do okay do yours first seven seven good beer Perfect. really dig it it's good that's a really it's too sweet for yeah. me for i think it's too sweet as a beer but
1: there's no shortage of people that enjoy sweet stuff in the world that's fair so seven yeah. for me
0: it's it's like a eight five I, it doesn't hit the nines. Like I absolutely love it. It's a phenomenal beer, but it's not in the nines because it is on the upper echelon of what I would consider too sweet for a stout before it just becomes like, I don't want this. But not quite. But not quite. Okay. For me, uh, I think there's enough there to balance out that sweetness with all the flavors you're getting that keep it together. But if it got, okay. if it was any more sweet, I'd have to like tap out. Yeah.
1: It's a lot. I mean, again, these are, these are 12 ounce cans, which... Mm-hmm. Um, We haven't highlighted yet, but um, are these even available in town? No. They're they're not close. Okay. Um, Yeah. 12 as cans go, that's about as small as we're getting. Mm -hmm. But um, I think this would be well served in like a 375 milliliter bottle, which I believe is smaller than 12 ounces. I can't say for certain, but I'm like pretty sure. I thought it was bigger. Is it? I don't know. Can you – do you want to – and I will say while we're fact-checking that, that once again, you're listening to the Fresh Hop Cinema. If you've tried anything from Half Acre, um, be it a donation from your friend Philip, um, or you live in the area or you've just happened upon a can of this somewhere, please let us know um, whether or not you agree or disagree with what we think of this beer. We want to know what you think. So please reach out. Um, you can leave a voicemail. You can send a text, uh, 530-433-0839. Maybe you want to let me know if a 12-ounce is bigger or smaller than – 375 milliliters. Right?
0: I'll do that. Great. It's uh, uh, half an ounce more. Dang it. Yeah, 12.6 ounces is right. a
1: 375. So whether it makes us happy or sad, we do love feedback. Um, again, our number is 530-433-0839. Uh, hey, if you do like the show, help us out. Please leave us a five-star rating um, wherever you're listening. It really helps us out.
0: Yeah, it does. Thanks again, Philip like the beer a lot. Uh, only takes a couple seconds. One of the most effective ways to help us get our show in front of new potential listeners. Please give us that rating. We super appreciate it. Oh,
1: wait. Can we say this now? Like, like comment, and subscribe to our channel? Yeah. I think that's the annoying thing we have to start saying. S- Smash, Smash that, that like, like button. button. I hate that. I, I hate too. it because it's in the vernacular. We're we those, know where this is going. Now we're those guys. Hit the bell, I guess. I don't know how long we're going to... Maybe we'll do it forever. It's fun, kind of. I feel like the... I mean... I feel like we look all right. Yeah, decent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, subscribe on YouTube in addition to all the other annoying things we ask you to do every week. Yeah. That'd be great. Exactly. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, just do it once and then you just don't yeah. unsubscribe and we won't ask you. Yeah. If everyone listening and everyone in the world subscribed- We promise never we to say never say it again. never ask again. Yeah. Next is a trailer for American fiction, but don't worry, there's no spoilers, so don't go anywhere. How did you come to write this book? What really struck me was that too few books were about my people. Where are our stories? Where's our representation? Would you give us the pleasure of reading an excerpt? Yo, Sharonda! Girl, you be pregnant again? If I is, Ray Ray is gonna be a real father this time around. Thank you. Monk, your books are good, but they're not popular.
1: Editors, they want a black book. They have a black book. I'm black, and it's my book. You know what I mean. Look at what they publish. Look at what they expect us to write. I just want to rub their nose, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I be standing outside in the night. Deadbeat dads, rappers, crack. You said you wanted black stuff. That's black, right? I see what you're doing.
0: We sold your book?
1: No. We believe Mr. Lee has written a bestseller. It's a joke.
0: The most lucrative joke you've ever told.
1: Now, is Stag a pseudonym? Yeah. Mr. Lee can't use his real name. Is this based on your actual life? Yeah, you think some bitch-ass college boy can come up with that shit? No, no. No, I don't. Can I ask what you were in for? was it, murder? You said that, not me. They ran 300,000 copies. Your books change people's lives. They're offering $4 million for the movie rights. Yes! The dumber I behave, the richer I get. It like it this has gone too far.
0: Stagar Lou is still on the run for authorities. You haven't done anything. It's not like they can arrest you. Yeah! It like it Wish I could go back to not selling books. Is it bad to cater to
1: people's tastes?
0: People want to love you, Monk. You should let them love all of you.
1: There's already so much buzz because of the movie deal.
0: Michael B. Jordan is circling.
1: We want to put him on the cover in one of those um, uh, scarves, I guess you would call them, tied around his head.
0: A do-rag? Do-rag, that's it. Do-rag in a tank top with the muscles showing. Something (laughs) called the fire department.
1: (laughs) We're thinking we can get it out in time for
0: Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're sadly going to be missing out on some solid gold that's available exclusively to our podcast listeners. So if you'd like to hear the whole episode, you can go subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found by you. It's currently available for your streaming pleasure. So at the end of this, if you're just dying to know what we talk about in Hot and Bothered this week, uh, go listen. All right, Monk
1: is a frustrated novelist who's fed up with the establishment that profits from black entertainment that relies on tired and offensive tropes. To prove his point, he uses a pen name to write an outlandish black book of his own, a book that propels him to the heart of hypocrisy and the madness he claims to disdain. That's a very melodramatic description. I didn't write that, but I was short on time. I wrote the top of the show on not this one. Okay. Okay. It feels okay. Um, But this is a film written and directed by Cord Jefferson. It was based on a 2001 novel called Erasure by Percival Everett. And it stars a bunch of – well, rather a lot of people are in this. And it stars Jeffrey Wright as um, Thelonious Monk Ellison. Um, He goes by Monk. That is not his true name. But when your name is Thelonious and you're a creative type – it happens. You know. Um, his sister, Dr. Lisa Ellison, is played by Tracy Ellis Ross. You also have another author who shows up, um, played by Issa Ray, and that's Cintara Golden. Sterling K. Brown plays his brother Cliff. Uh, his publisher Arthur is played by John Ortiz. He has a lady interest that shows up named Coraline, played by Erica Alexander. Um, and I think we shout out Lorraine right now, who's played by Myra Lucretia Taylor. She is um Oh, and maybe the mom too. I think. I think maybe Agnes Allison, yeah. um, the the mother, deserves a shout out, and that's Leslie Uggams. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the cast in a nutshell. There's more people that kind of pop in and out. This first came to um, audiences at the Toronto International Film Festival September 8th, and then it had a very, very limited theatrical run in cities larger than ours on December 15th before coming to video on demand. Um, Just this morning. This morning. <laughs> Uh, and you saw it last night, I yep. suppose. You saw it technically.
0: Yeah, it came out at nine Pacific, so midnight Eastern, Perfect. so it dropped. Great. Um, so yeah, I saw,
1: I caught it this this morning properly. You saw it last night. It's an hour and 57 minutes. And let's get into it. Um,
0: this is to sort of... Did we mention that it's nominated for Best no, Picture? No, this
1: is kind of closing our loop okay. on, on covering every uh, Academy Award Best Picture nomination. Um, in addition to Best Picture, it's been nominated for four other awards at the Academy this year. Um, a couple of, uh, I don't know, Jeffrey Wright is up for Best Actor, um, and there's a couple others that I apparently didn't memorize. Okay. But the most important point is that we are closing our book on coverage
0: after this for the Academy. Unless we can get a hold of Zone of Interest. Good point. Yes. Academy Best Picture stuff. Yes. Um, Johnny, what'd you think of this? I liked it. I didn't love it. And I'll just go in with that. All right. It was really thought-provoking. I really enjoy Jeffrey Wright's acting. What comes to mind when you think Jeffrey West Wright? Westworld. So good in Westworld. So good. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I don't know if I've seen him in much else, See I probably games? Nah. He's okay I mean, he's on that. Okay. He's really good at like the nerd smart, I think. Okay. But yeah, I loved him in this. Uh, I thought his character was really well written, as this you know multifaceted, very opinionated, highly intelligent person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought the movie was overall entertaining. There was some big problems for me with the third act. Uh, okay, kind of got real wonky. There's some choices that are there's made. some serious choices, and for me, it did not stick the landing. But the beginning, middle, and most of the end, I thought, were really well done. I have some issues with the Cliff character. I thought he was overwritten and just a bit um, of a caricature. Okay. You know? Are you Um, sure you just don't hate Sterling K. Brown? I love Sterling K. Brown. I'm just checking. He's fantastic. Okay, great. Uh, And also, I I really didn't love how they wrote the relationship with – with Monk's character and Coraline's character. Okay. I thought that their dialogue would have been kind of on a different level because we learned pretty early that she's a lawyer. Yeah, that's worth setting up. For and sure. I've one I don't think I've – well, I have argued and debated things with a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And also I've seen that a lot she's, cinematically. She rolled over a lot. She rolled over a lot. A lot for a defense
1: – like a criminal defense lawyer. a public
0: defender. <laughs> yeah, right. Like right. in the nitty-gritty, I thought she would – be a bit more of a big personality and okay. just kind of bring more of those lawyer elements. Uh, I loved the concept. I thought it was hilarious. You know, it's a funny movie. We haven't said that. It's like a comedy. No. It's, it's a it satirical comedy. It was in a lot written ways. to be funny. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't go so far as say it was a funny movie.
1: You, I think you just said that. If I'm not mistaken, I, I could have sworn you just said it was funny. Like you laughed a lot or something. Didn't you just say that? I love. Play no. it back. You, you just said that. No, you said no. I don't actually. I can't say for certain. I don't know if you noticed, but I finished that. Oh, just in one okay, go. Okay, here
0: we go. Uh, a lot of the movie, they attempted humor, and um, it was a it was an attempt. Okay, so most of it didn't land. Some of it did. Jeffrey Wright landed a lot of the stuff, but I think a lot of the interpersonal goings on between mm-hmm. some of the characters that was a, trying to be funny just did not land for me. Okay. There were a few moments that were funny. The the two guys in the kitchen and Speedos making omelets. That was pretty funny. I thought that was not funny. Yeah. and Whatever. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Specific stuff. But But like overall, yeah, I had some issues with the third act. And quite frankly, it started to feel long. We had to take a quick break around the one hour mark. And I didn't realize it had only been an hour. I see. Saw that time remaining and said, oof, okay. Okay. All right. But um, yeah, liked it. Didn't love it. Had some problems with it. I mean, overall, it was solid. I would give it like a oh. I
1: thought I had you. What are you gonna say? You felt like a six instead of a
0: seven. Yeah, is it a six? It's, something? It's like a six. Oh. No, it's in this in the sevens. Okay, it's like a seven one. Seven just, one. Just just barely. give it a just give it an underhand. Just decimal point.
1: Barely. Oh, okay. Well, I loved it. Um, I thought it was really great. It's for me very funny movie. Um, I'm I'm with you on a lot of stuff. Jeffrey Wright's fantastic. Um, It's a really gorgeous film too. I don't have the cinematographer in front of me, but uh, like a very, very like it's really, really yellow. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, very warm. warm, Looking at like color matching a lot lately, Mm -hmm. but very like very yellow. um, Like very. It's the second week in a row we've we've focused on a struggling writer. On this show, oh, yeah. Anatomy of a Fall. So, like, I, I'm and I'm a sucker for I'm, I'm preparing for this show this week where I've been focusing on my original material. So I'm feeling this this opening wound of a soft spot for struggling writers, and I totally like. We went on a tangent last week about how, like, as a society, we shouldn't necessarily give into the human cockfighting that is reality TV or courtroom drama based on real people. Mm-hmm. So I understand the impulse of a character who is railing against a system that promotes a thing that in the character's mind is detrimental to a society. Mm-hmm. And he's all about this. Like and to some extent he's he's the voice that a lot of people I think can't quite put words to, which is like this oversensitivity to uh, certain things. And I'm aware that in this movie that is hugely concerned with representation that we are here talking about this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I know it's a little bit dicey, but I think the movie tackles that in a really funny way because there's almost like a ramping up of people who want to feel like or at least want to portray themselves as being on the forefront of activism and 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 it's like super like it's annoying yeah. in a lot of ways. And I think it's great that the movie, which is made pretty much entirely by black people, is aware of that trope and is making fun of that. Adam Brody has a great cameo as a movie producer, mm-hmm. like kind of like a Michael Bay-ish, like hyper-sensationalizing. Um, I think in, in the examples, like the plight of black people, he has a movie that he's working on called um, Plantation Annihilation, I yeah. think. Where like, uh, whatever, as he pitches it, like a couple of white people move on to the, get married on an old plantation and then are murdered <laughs> by the ghosts of slaves. Mm-hmm which like is not the furthest reach of like something you might see made today. Yeah. And I just liked that the movie was so self-aware and, and aware of these issues. And I thought the stuff that it was trying to make funny was very funny to me. Um, it wasn't perfect. There's some tonal imbalance between the sort of um, acknowledged absurdity of our society against the real pathos and stuff he deals with with his family. I'm not sure that that was yeah. totally balanced, but I really, really dug it, man. Um, the issues in the third act, I think you're hinting at, I loved. Hmm. There's another creative choice that happens earlier on where he's writing this book um, that I guess, since we're on the radio, I won't say, but it's it's the book is called The F Word, mm-hmm. um, where a sequence from the book is acted out in real time How did you feel about that? See, I liked that. You did like that one. Yeah, okay, I did too. Um, But most of the creative choices that happened in this movie, I was on board with. So for me, it's a very strong nine out of 10. Okay. I'm super into this movie. Nice. Very much about it. I'm gonna turn myself this way. Um, We got a couple minutes for radio people until we go to spoilers. Um, You got anything else you want to touch on here?
0: I did love Lorraine. Why? She was just so sweet and endeared to this family in such a pure way lorraine um, is is we haven't set her character up but she's uh not
1: like a housekeeper she's a, she's like a, a chef she's, she's a butler she's a, well she's sort of like a live-in caretaker of the mother
0: see she didn't start out that way no she didn't no so i'm she's saying, like a maid i would say like live-in housekeeper so yeah, I feel like right. the vibe of she takes care of the place, cooks yes. the meals, yeah. makes sure everything's in order. They're pretty um, well off. Yeah. Like that's worth noting. Everyone's doctors. Doctors, lawyers, not
1: lawyers, but like doctors, author.
0: Yeah. Surgeon.
1: Um, what did the mom do back um, in the day? Do you know? Uh, they never really touched on it. Whatever. They're well-to-do and they have this, yeah, live-in housekeeper. Yeah. Named Lorraine. Yeah. Who's great. Yeah. And
0: is family to them basically. I thought that was a you know a choice too, to have the- It was. The minority family have a minority servant. Yes, you know that was like whoa. Okay, the, I really dug, man. I mean,
1: there's a lot of time spent on um, early on before we meet really his family on these tropes that are set up in his like in his school. It starts off he's 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 a he's a literary professor, so he's he's talking about writing from the deep south uh, in pre Civil War era, and he writes the N word on the board, and one of the students who is notably white is like that offends me, and you can see him like in that moment. Just like collect himself, and he goes. I think he says, "I'm like, with all due respect, Brittany, I got over it. Mm-hmm. I think you can too." Um, and I just think it was like, it was a great way to set up this character and like the world they're living in. Yeah, and then and then yeah, you go meet his family, and it's a, it's very aware of these these. Um, societal trips, mm-hmm. for sure
0: yeah and one thing i really did like towards the the third act was the interactions between issa Rae's character and mm-hmm. jeffrey wright's character same once they were same. in a room together and oof, they were really good they there's, were so good dude there's one scene where at the round table uh, where they're having this discussion
1: i gotta say it's not a round table no it's, it's, a round, it it's a round table it
0: is it's a it's a round table discussion everyone's bouncing ideas off yes. each other yeah, but I just like- They weren't
1: knights. No, well, because King Arthur, the whole idea with the round table is that everyone's an equal. Yes. And the whole purpose of that shot in particular is like they are clearly on,
0: mm-hmm. it's bisected. Yeah. Um, I loved that scene. And that to me, I feel like they almost could have ended the movie there. Uh, yes, they probably could have. I think in my opinion, maybe they should have.
1: There's a line that is said by one character, which is that uh, the line is something like, it's just so important to listen to black voices. Mm-hmm. Is that one you're talking about? And like- <laughs> No,
0: no. Oh, because that's well. The, I mean, that's one of the lines. That's like the final line of that no. The final point. line is Issa Rae's character saying um, something like um, "malcontent" or like um, um, "potential" is just what you say when what's oh. right in front of you isn't good enough.
1: No, okay, I'm talking about the scene after that. No,
0: I'm talking about that scene. That's a great scene. I love that one-on-one. That on one? Yeah, the lunch, the lunchtime scene. Mm-hmm. Great scene. You're totally Loved right. It. Did you? Well, this is more dangerous. On
1: never mind. Yep. In in fact, I feel pretty good now. If you're okay to move into spoilers, um, yeah, let's do it. too. Okay. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you have thoughts on anything we've discussed on the show today so far, please do get in touch. Um, I'll say this again. Our number is 530-433-0839. Um, or you can send a good old-fashioned email if you're on your computer watching or something to fhccast at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll be discussing American fiction with spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, consider this your second to last warning. And uh, we'll be right back with the danger zone.
0: Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Ah. Danger zone.
1: Okay, danger zone time. Danger. We're gonna spoil American fiction. Yeah, uh, and that is not fiction. That is nonfiction. That's the truth. That's what we're doing. So, um, I don't. I mean, I do want to talk about that scene, but maybe not straight off the bat. Yeah. Um, is there anywhere else you want to start with?
0: Uh, Let's talk about with my issues and like, if you agree, disagree, I think that's a really good place to start. Okay. Uh, The first thing you said was third act choices. So maybe we'll put that at the bottom. Yeah.
1: Um, You mentioned Cliff, Sterling K. Brown being overwritten, almost a caricature. Mm -hmm.
0: In what ways? He was just so over the top and cartoonish. Do you that, want to set up the character at all? Um, yeah, he's a recently divorced man with two kids. Wife just left him, took half of his uh, plastic surgery practice. What? Uh, she left him because he was caught in bed with another man, came out very late in life, now is living as a gay, newly gay man, half broke plastic surgeon. Living half his age, by the way. like, yeah. like Doing like a real... Doing like lots of drugs. Just with like party, 20, party life. 20-year-old... Models. Dudes, yeah. Yeah. And he is... Not bad. Look at himself. I, so like, certainly get rounds crushing. You know, me. it's not like he's the creepy old man that's you know, dating no. young men half his age. He's like, he's daddy. Yeah, he's he's with the six pack and the, yeah, he's he's doing just fine. Has never not looked great. Yeah. So his character to me was just hard to find any common ground with as an audience member. Um, it, it, not common ground even necessarily as just. It didn't do a good job eliciting any empathy. Mm. I didn't feel much for that character because it felt so fake.
1: There's, I, I would argue, there's one moment in the movie that really asks you to feel for that character. Yeah, which is when he's dancing with his mom. Yeah, and she says, "quote I always knew you weren't queer." Mm-hmm. And then he's bothered and leaves. But I think that was meant to be more of an emotional moment than it was. Yeah, I thought the dancing was very emotional. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's really sweet." Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I think I think the 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 writing of that character as gay and then incorporating that as more family drama was maybe a misstep.
0: It felt slapstick. It felt TV sitcom. It felt oh you come home and you didn't know that he was going to be there and he's got two male models well, in Well, that's the part I didn't like Speedos. about that scene. I thought it was hilarious, but also it was very it was low hanging fruit. It was sure. an easy insert drama. Like any time yes. the movie felt like it needed to get spiced up in some way, Cl- enter Cliff. Yes, he's just in the pool being drunk and obnoxious.
1: But at the same time, we
0: were both like, "It's a good night." Like he's just swimming. Yeah, you know,
1: like he's he's living his best. But life. he's
0: just just over the top in yes. a way that didn't feel necessarily believable, which in turn helped like didn't lead to me having any any empathy at all. Because that character just wasn't believable as, like, a real human person in this family of relatively level-headed, intelligent people. Like, it's not to say that he's not intelligent. He's just, like, everyone's here. If you have an eccentric family member, they might be, like, a few degrees more eccentric. He is just gonzo. And I get he's going through this crazy time in his life with becoming, you know, newly out of the closet and all that. It just—it was a tough character for me to wrap my head around.
1: I also don't think it's a coincidence that he's a plastic surgeon. Like, right. Like, I can't do that job. But when it comes to maybe m- like the sister who who worked primarily in, in like look like a Planned like Parenthood women's care, yeah, type like situation. Um, there's different levels of I think seriousness that are given to those. Like one is saving lives, or. When and, and one's like making them look nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps the best Roe versus Wade joke I've ever heard in a movie. Oh, so I didn't even get it at first. I was like, what's the deeper metaphor? Um, can we not repeat the joke? Because I don't want people to know the joke. Yeah. I want to be able to say the joke.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to use it too.
1: It's a good joke. Yeah. And it's a great joke if you have a family. This is a little tip. I know we're nowhere near the holidays, but yeah, if you got a family that's sort of a little touchy on abortion, you can say, do you guys want to hear a good joke about Roe versus Wade? And everyone's going to lock up. Yeah. Then you can say this very nice joke.
0: I would say a joke about abortion. See, that I,
1: gives away the punchline. I know, but you, cause it's not a joke about abortion. And at that point you're kind of reaching for the reaction, which is my, with my first pitch, I said this to Serena when we were watching, mm-hmm. I, was like, I will give you 20 bucks. If you say to my family, like you want to hear my best joke about abortion, but it's not an abortion joke. It's a wordplay joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, maybe you shouldn't say Roe versus Wade. Cause that's the punchline. Yeah. We've already given away too much. We have. Um, but yeah, I, the other thing about this character and a, and a couple other characters is that um it's based on a book. Mm-hmm. In the book, the sister dies by murder. Oh whoa. She's murdered um by a guy who's like I can't think of the all the details, but he's like you know, it's on principle. He's like murders her for son- like probably cuz she works at like a Planned Parenthood. That makes sense. That's me guessing. But yeah. she's murdered and that is not the choice that happens here. She has like a cardiac event or something. Yeah. Um but it's always weird adapting characters from a book, particularly when they're not the main character. Yeah. Because they you run the risk of like
0: really, really underwriting them. Underwriting or overwriting. Sure. Yeah. yeah and I mean, that ha-
1: sounds like maybe what happened in this case. It seems like a delicate balance. I'm with you on on Monks and, and Coraline's relationship. Dude, Caroline's relationship. It had nothing.
0: It it gave me nothing.
1: <sighs> yeah. It was she felt like a character who was there to highlight the struggles he was going through which is never good, especially in a movie that is so interested in representation.
0: And almost just add struggles because he's keeping things from her. Yes. So it's another layer.
1: But I would argue it's not even about him keeping it from her. It's about him. Ref- well, with the secret of the book for sure, but more about him not coming to terms with himself. Mm. And he has to admit that in order to admit it to her eventually. Um. The other thing you mentioned was attempted humor. Yeah. I still think it was funny in spots. I was laughing out loud quite
0: it a was, bit. It was, but was it, did it really nail it every time it tried to be not funny? Not every time, yeah. but I would say the majority. I think you'd say probably not. I would say 50%. Yeah, I'd
1: say more like 80. Okay. You want to talk third act choices? I
0: probably
1: You thinking mostly the ending? Yeah. Okay. Then before we get there, um, the he and- um, Jeffrey. Sent, yes. Dean Wright. Correct. Is it Jeffrey
0: Dean Wright? No, just, just Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright. Wright. Um, Is Jeffrey Dean Wright a person? It sounds like a person. Right. Did he use his middle name at one point as like his acting title? I tell you what, you Google that I'll make the point that I was gonna make. All right. And we can close both loops. Sorry, I'm derailing you. <laughs>
1: um, he being Jeffrey, maybe maybe not Dean, right, and Issa Rae's character, Centara Golden, who, by the way, to set that character, has written what Monk considers to be the lowest hanging fruit of of black stereotypes and just kind of feeding into like white Hollywood or in this case, like white readership. Yeah. They're both selected to judge books of the year. I can't even think of what the award is called. It's like the literature, literary, the literary award or something. Yeah. And they have this dialogue about like what we did last week is like, should we be, should we be supporting this? Like, is it worth our time? Is it worth our dignity to some extent? And she's like, look, it's the machine. Like I'm, I'm chipping in. Like I'm doing it and people are buying it. Like what's wrong with that? He's like, everything's wrong with it. And he never tells her, but like I've written this book and like people are eating it up. Isn't that a problem? And she's like, no. And he's like, but don't you see the potential in people? And she says what you said, which is like potential is just a word for when you see something in front of you that isn't good enough, which is a nice line, but I do think he's right. Yeah. To some extent. Yeah. Me too. Uh, Great scene nonetheless. And that scene ends with the three other people on the panel who are all white, coming back in they're voting on the books mm-hmm. and despite their disagreements, uh disagreement monk and um centara golden yeah they both are like uh are we still on the radio the f-word book should not be number one of the yep. year
0: both of these authors who disagree yes are saying black authors are, black. are saying no
1: <laughs> and they're sitting over there and then the three white people come back and they vote they're all like, it should be. Mm-hmm. They write it on the board and they go, I just think it's really, we just think it's really important for black voices to be heard. And they're just- And it holds, the camera does, on this one shot where it's the two of them like- Really? Like... And they don't do this, but they don't yeah. throw their arms up. They're in like, their
0: minds, you feel the like... like-
1: come on. And there's a couple moments like that in the movie that is just so ironically, visually mm-hmm. well done. Uh, it's great. Third act choice is the very end. Yeah. Set it up for people that haven't seen it. So-
0: there was a couple, it was, okay. So it got confusing to okay. me, quite frankly. Okay. So, so Monk has this idea to go back to the movie producer and pitch the new idea, which is the first idea was his book. Right. It was the fake book that he wrote yeah. under the
1: pseudonym. Mm-hmm. That's being made into a movie. Yeah then he goes back to adam brody's character
0: is it this he's pitching the story his of what of what we just watched his story basically what we just watched of him writing the joke satirically okay so they go through that and then there's the ending of him saying i have he goes up and he he goes up
1: at the award ceremony right yeah the book
0: has won the award and everyone's like what is he doing correct and he goes up and grabs the award and says i have a confession to make and then Slammed to black. Then our actual movie cuts to black. Yeah. And I thought, maybe you did too, that's the movie. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> here's where it gets
1: a little meta. That's Monk's idea of what the story of his life up to that point would be as a movie. Mm-hmm. And then our movie that we are watching cuts to him having a meeting with Adam Brody, yep. who's very upset about condensation on the sparkling water. Yeah. And Adam Brody's like, there's no resolution here. Like, I don't know. Maybe you're not in the movie biz, dude, but like, there's no nuance when it, like, this versus books. Like, mm-hmm. you got to have it a different way. Yeah. And we get another ending he's like what if we did it this way and that one has more of like the, the and we play it out almost in real time where he doesn't even go to the podium leaves and go finds um Coraline, mm-hmm. they make up and then it does like this very like classic hollywood sort of crane shot away from the house
0: after he says i'm sorry i haven't been myself lately he does apologize but yeah. he says is, i haven't been myself lately
1: that's if you're about to say what i think you're about to say you're misquoting it but I could be wrong.
0: No, that's like what he said. And it's ironic because he wrote a book from another perspective under a pseudonym and it took over his life. Oh, that's So it's clearly a pun about that. Oh, I see. Movie ends on a brilliant pun, crane shot out. I see. I thought it was just, and maybe I'm just looking at this Fight Club poster too often,
1: Mm. but it's almost the line at the end of Fight Club, which I shouldn't even be saying, excuse me. We don't talk about Fight Club. Where you met me at a very strange time in my life. Yeah. Mm. Similar vibes. Very similar. Um, but Adam Brody's character, the director, is still like, yeah, this isn't a rom-com. We want to do, we want to shoot something real. Yeah, and then we get playing out what absolutely would be the kind of movie that gets played by that or made by that director, mm-hmm. which is he's going up to confess, he's got like, a confession, and then you know the police come in and shoot him because like he's got a gun, and then he gets shot to death in like this very like Mozart symphonic sort of like like almost um, what's the movie
0: Matrix? No, um, older, <laughs> more real.
1: He comes out of the forest.
0: Oh, platoon.
1: Platoon. Yeah, He gets shot in that sort of slow-mo like mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And Adam like, it's perfect. I love it. Yeah. What did you not like about that whole sequence?
0: It really went quickly for me being able to follow to me like, wait, was this whole thing a movie and they've just been in the pitch meeting? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, he had the idea to go pitch him again. Okay. So now they're just going alternative endings. So you didn't like
1: the perceived um, viewer confusion from the narrative, like the structure of the movie. Yeah. Now that you understand it, and put it together, is it fine? Do you like it more? I mean, it's a choice. I think
0: it kind of it could derail a little. I think it derailed the narrative and the vision a little bit. (sighs) But I don't. I don't hate it. I think it's acceptable. Mm
1: -hmm. I I think it was nice to
0: see it visualized. Yeah. Like yeah, once you figured out what was going on, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, all right. Yeah. But at first I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, and that's,
1: had... that's not even how the movie ends properly. Yeah. He, he leaves the, the studio a lot. His brother Cliff picks him up. Mm-hmm. And notably there's, there's two actors who are like extras in a movie apparently. And they're sitting in a tent or like under a tent. It's a sunny day in LA. Um, and they are dressed up as like plantation slaves. Mm-hmm. And the dude's like smoking a vape or something. Just like, says, they give him like a peace sign mm-hmm. as they drive away. Um, which is a nice little bit of punctuation on just like we haven't changed much. Like this is still the system we're in. Like we're yep. still telling, well, I think what they call at one point is like just like black trauma porn mm-hmm. stories. Yeah, which is like a ton of what you see in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand like it's a, it's a topic that comes up um, in a lot of marginalized groups, be it uh, people of color or, or gay people or whatever the number of marginalized people are. And there's a bunch. It's like why do the stories? that are told about us always have to be like the worst of the worst. Like it's always someone gets murdered or shot by the cops or like tortured or like it's so never just like,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny having this nominated uh, for best picture ride alongside killers of the flower moon. Oh, sure. Which is basically trauma porn.
1: Totally. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of story. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, look how much these people have suffered. Yeah. Isn't that tragic? For, shouldn't we, shouldn't we award this something for
0: three hours? Yes. Look at all this tragedy. Yeah.
1: Yeah yes, I'm surprised this is nominated truthfully. Like it feels so pointed at like things like the Academy. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're the Academy and you see that you're like, we have to, we have to do it. Like Like, what's the move here? If we say no, like then they win, I guess. But But if we say yes. They also win. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's this core Jefferson guy. Right? Of something. Again, yeah. his, his feature debut, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, going to be excited to watch more of his stuff when, when it comes out. But this is like really great pointed social commentary. I'm, I think it's a. I think I think I it's really funny.
0: I'd love for it to win just to hear his speech. I would too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I would love Jeffrey Wright to win just yeah. to hear his acceptance speech. Yeah. Um, at this point, I'm going to actually look up the other three awards that we haven't mentioned um, because there were
0: – I think it's like best score might be one of them. Oh, really? Um, I wouldn't yeah. have guessed that. I didn't, the score didn't seem super memorable.
1: I'm guessing that a lot of that music was Thelonious Monk, the uh-huh. jazz musician. There's also just a little trivia. Um, there's another fella. He's a, he's a black writer named Thomas Ellison, something okay. Ellison. But um, Jeffrey Wright's character's name was a mashup of those two from the original novel. Oh, wow. i um, both like wildly successful to some extent um, and obviously in different fields, but mm-hmm. black artists who've done stuff. Um, and naming Jeffrey Wright's character as like somebody who clearly hasn't done much, mm-hmm. um, I thought was a was a choice that is. Um, There's was also best supporting actor, and that was for Sterling K. Brown. Mm. Then best adapted screenplay, and yeah, best original score.
0: Yeah. Oh wow, that'd be wild if uh, he wins for supporting actor. He's really great, man. I, he he he's is
1: just so awesome to watch. Yeah. Um. You got anything else you want to spoil about American Fiction?
0: I think it's definitely worth a watch. I also was a little bit surprised that it was in the Best Picture Talks. I, I don't know if it would be my pick to win.
1: I, I'm sorry. Just to, to clarify, are you saying you're surprised because of the circumstances we just talked about with the Academy or because you don't think it's a caliber of movie that is the best picture of the year?
0: Honestly, a little bit of both.
1: Yeah. I, I, I agree on half of that. Yeah. But fair enough.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Something we can both agree on. Time for beer number two. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll be right. We'll be right. Thick with Ben Beer, chocolate hazelnut. Okay, beer number two, Ben Thick, chocolate hazelnut, barrel aged stout. This one, even higher in alcohol by volume at fourteen point eight percent. Thanks, man. Yeah. All it's got here is bourbon uh, barrel imperial stout with chocolate and hazelnut. You've learned nothing new from what I said moments before. Yep. Um, What we've learned new visually is that this is very reminiscent of a barrel-aged 1050 from Oscar Blues. It's jet black engine oil with a toasted brown caramel head, fairly bubbly, if I do say so. I'm going to even say less viscous than our first beer, um, but a lot more carbonated just by looking at it. You're... Mm. Oh. not even over your love affair so no so what's going on in your glass my dude
0: man it's just dreamy you're gonna like this one more i guarantee it it's you guarantee it almost yeah i think i do all right it's it's a better beer than the first one it's way more it's got some more bitter notes it definitely has like sharper edges but in a delightful way that really counteract that sweetness for me still super sweet much better balance in this one it's just way more of an even drinking experience. You get the sweetness, you get the punch, you get the chocolate, you get the hazelnut, but then you get that roasty and those bitter notes that really round it out, but it's still backed up by that sweetness that it's just like, it's like eating a, a pettifor. Yes. A petit four, petit four. Which
1: is, yeah, a petite Whoa. Excuse me, sir. That's, Sorry, French. Um it's way hotter dude
0: yeah which is what you asked for it is what i asked for but i
1: asked for it in the context (laughs) of that first beer hold on now (laughs) it i don't it's so hot on my first drink (laughs) that i don't remember what you just said about it except so yeah i guess i'm i'm coming in cold it's Um, fine which i do mean literally it is a little bit chilly still um there's a tang there. There's there's sort of a fruitiness which I didn't really expect. Do we have canning dates on these by chance? Oh, these came out um, late last year. How late last year? And because so, we're recording on f- in early
0: February. Uh, I don't remember. Okay, it just, it's the 2023 version. I think it came out November. I would say it's that fresh, huh? Yeah. I wonder what would fall off if we waited. Because I'm
1: I'm. I mean, it's really really aggressive. I, I shouldn't be surprised. I mean. Again, an almost fifteen percent imperial stout. Not expecting subtle, mm-hmm. and like a dessert imperial stout, yeah. nonetheless. Um, no, this is not the genre you go to for subtlety. No, no, no. This is the uh, yeah. This is the Michael Bay
0: sort of genre of beer. Oh, that's a banger, yeah. though. Yeah. I like the heat. Okay, I'm trying it again. I think it, it really levels out the sweetness in a in a very pleasant way. Yeah, Man, I do. No, I do too. You're right. It's,
1: there's something, there's something really specific about the sweetness. Is it Nutella? I don't think so. Yeah. No, it's, it's like a real fruitiness, like, um, like almost like a raspberry sweetness. <laughs> uh, any chance in heck
0: you're getting that? I mean, there might be a tiny, the tiniest bit of tang, but I'm really not, no. I'm getting a lot of smooth chocolate, like velvety hazelnut, the bitterness of of some, you know, roasted malts and then some barrel throughout because it's just, it is warm. It is like, yes. it's like drinking low proof liquor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, you and I both had a beer and I think you'll talk about this later. Maybe not the beer specifically, but you and I both had a beer recently mm-hmm. that I believe was um north of 18 mm-hmm. percent, and it didn't taste as hot as this mm. what beer oh it was so let's it say if it i'm bothered yeah yeah but maybe make a note of that um it was an anchorage beer i know but i don't remember what it was i don't either ah so, and then we've saved nothing i do like this more yeah and you're you're not wrong i don't like it a ton more okay i don't love it
0: I do, I do like, man, if you don't say it like that, I like it. If you don't love Ben Thicke, I don't, I don't know what other beers to bring to the show. No, you've brought beers to the show that I've loved. Yeah, but this one I expected you to love. I, I'm an enigma. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I think you're just in a mood today. It's fine. Maybe, but. You're feeling sassy. I get if it. If
1: anything, like a great barrel Asian imperialist that would bring me out of the mood. Yeah. Um. Maybe I'm a week behind. Like maybe a maybe a session hazy IPA from Hawaii would have done the trick today. I guess so. Moody. It's so it's so dependent on kind of how we're feeling on a
0: given day. It is for movies and for beer for everything, man.
1: Movies less so, don't you think? No, really. Yeah. Well, because I feel like you got to sit on the movies for a while, and beers we kind of we form our entire opinion in about twelve minutes. Yeah,
0: if I'm in a bad mood and go to a movie, it just becomes like a not enjoyable experience. And then if I have a bad interaction with people at the movie, it becomes correlated with a bad experience and the whole thing is tainted by negativity and that's how my brain interprets it maybe but i've still heard you come out of a bad experience in the
1: theater defending the movie saying i wish those people weren't in there making this movie experience bad yes
0: rather than they were so horrible i hate this really good movie and that's a testament to the strength of whatever movie that is because if i still but yeah. yeah
1: but if somebody spit in my beer and ruined my beer drinking experience i'd be like this beer tastes like spit Mm -hmm. And I don't like it Yeah That's not exactly What we're saying It's sort of That metaphor doesn't quite track
0: Yeah I'm very
1: confused now But I'm just saying With movies We have more time to simmer And kind of absorb it It's less less likely To be ruined By one person Kind of Yeah
0: I can ruin movies for myself just going in in a bad headspace. Like I've had to rewatch movies before and be like, All right. "I just wasn't in the right frame of mind to watch something critically or sure. be open to the ideas it was saying. I was just distracted or angry or whatever." All right. Um, it definitely happens. I'm just. I think um, absorbing anything and trying to speak to it critically is pretty directly impacted by my mo- my mood. It can be.
1: Sure. I honestly think that might be the goal. Of any aspiring critic, and maybe it's an impossible goal, but if you can get to a point where you are so objective yeah. that your own internal circumstances don't affect your ability to review or critique or rate mm-hmm. or whatever the thing you're ingesting, yeah, you're, you've
0: done it. Yeah, you've transcended. It. You're basically like you become a cow, yeah, or something. A what Zen? What? Oh, you know, sure. Like uh, you reached Nirvana I or know, become which, a cow, yeah, yeah. whatever.
1: Um, I would still say that beers for me are more subjective than movies because I do just have to make my opinion, like in the mood that I'm in, in the 10 minutes I'm drinking it. Yeah. So that's the only biggest difference.
0: It hits you right then. It's a Um, snap decision.
1: I'm going to take one more drink here. um, And then I'm probably going to be ready for a rating. Okay. Do you want to talk about the can design? You mentioned, I assume you like the cans because you said you can imagine if they're good, maybe putting them on the table. Yeah, the the cans are red. Tell me
0: about that one. So it's a, like a gloss black metallic can. It's already off to a good start. It's a, it's yeah. a very good looking. Very can. good looking mm. aluminum can. And they've got this wraparound sticker label and it just says "Benthic," Thick and it's all, the whole label on all the letters and stuff are outlined in pink and there's this really cool bright yellow, or no, nah, I can't tell in this lighting. Yeah, it's a bright yellow orangey like sunburst behind the word "Benthic." Thick. Then you rotate the can and you get the, the can art, which is sort of this amoeba meets jellyfish in outer space with psychedelic colors so you've got some really um, just crazy pinks and violets and oranges and golds and it's just so trippy looking it's like it's either an alien or a flower on like a crazy island it's somewhere between an orchid and an alien pod creature that's coming to suck your face off and uh, you you got the description underneath and then some some nice writing and ABV and all that, the half acre logo. It's a stellar can.
1: Let me steal it. Yeah. I can get it for our YouTube viewers here, but I think that was a really good description. I'm just going to
0: hold that up there.
1: Yeah, model that, dog. Maybe I can get it. Maybe I can do a little post edit magic, but that's kind of what it looks like. Boom. Boom. Um, they have Benthic on their website, and they have this to say. I didn't um, mention this earlier. I don't think we have this in our description. We definitely don't. Um, they say Benthic is a gathering of beers that bend. Past the traditional to an outer realm, they are fantastic sensory realities delivered through an extreme use of raw material, a commitment to time, and the hard work of many, which I think is nice. Yeah. They also have about five-ish renditions of this beer. Yeah, there's available. One. There's a lot. Um, they're pretty great. Great can design. I love the way they photograph their beers. It's very yeah. It's very trippy. Very outer spacey kind mm-hmm. of. Um, it's lovely. My third drink. I dig it quite a bit. I still don't think I'm gonna say I love it, but I really do like it quite a bit. Why don't you? Is it just too sweet? It's a little too sweet, yeah. And there's something, and I, I know I said raspberry, which is still there, but I also got like a licorice thing, and and that at this point, like I do feel like maybe I just can't trust my mouth because those are weird notes, yeah. And if you're not getting licorice or ra- and black licorice or raspberry, I like, hate black licorice. I do too. And there's just like a hint of like, yeah, like black licorice or star anise or something. Hmm. Um. Yeah i don't know there's just something there and and maybe i'm not even putting my tongue quite on it but there's something i that is just like pushing me away i don't know what it is
0: you almost yeah i i can't see the licorice but almost a molasses
1: vibe. that's i mean yeah that, that, that car- sort of caramely sweetness that that both of these beers have had today um well, although like i like that flavor so i don't think that's what's
0: putting me off but that is there for sure i'm gonna try it again now just to be safe just to be safe. Make sure it coats the whole palate, front, middle, back, tongue, and just give me a nice swallow.
1: It's good. It's not it's not great for me, dude. Okay. I wish it was. Um, but it's a solid 8. It didn't make you nauseous, so it's a step up for Philip. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, RAR. R A R Brewing. R A A R. No, just one. Are you sure? I am like 99% I thought sure there was two A's. Uh, no, there's not. But if there are You can have If there are A, you can have the rest of my beer. And if there is only one A, I'd like the rest of yours. Deal. Great. Hey, 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 quit (laughs) that. Just checking it for listeners. And there's one Ah. A. Okay.
0: Give me that. Damn it. Making bets for beer that you apparently don't like. What's an eight? You do like it. I do like it.
1: No, it's really good. I just
0: don't love it. That's fine. I'm stoked that I brought an eight to the table. Yeah, dude. You've
1: you've brought lots of eights to the table. I also, just before I get too ahead of myself, I'm going to make a note because you- Again, somehow have sworn on the radio, and you're gonna get us kicked off. Did I? Yes, you What did I say? You whispered the D. You whispered the beaver's word. The beaver? The beaver. What do beavers make? Damn. Now, if you'd use that in the context of a beaver, we'd be that fine. That is not a but square. But you it can, is a, you listen, can dude, say that on the radio. You can't say that on the radio. And I listen, do you think you know this or do you think I know this? I don't in the context of our show, who do you think knows this information? Me you? You could say that. You, you can't. You. I know this. So. I'm sorry, A, now to our KZFR listeners who had to experience that awful TV bleep, and now <laughs> to our podcast listeners and our YouTubers who have had to sit through this digression of pointlessness. Man. What is your rating on Ben Thicke Chocolate Hazelnut, Johnny?
0: <laughs> <sighs> I really, really like it. I know that. Uh, it is phenomenal. It is. It's a 9.3. It's a 9.3. Yeah. That's a really good rating. Uh, this is up there with, I mean, I can't say this year because it's still an early year. But this is this is up there for me with barrel-aged stouts and the sweeter stuff especially. I really like the hazelnut variant. Big Nutella fan, and I'm getting a ton of that hazelnut. And it's just – it's coming through and it's hitting in a really, really
1: lovely way. That is Nutella. It's like chocolate and hazelnut. Yeah. That's the vibe. I never liked Nutella. Maybe I don't like hazelnut. Like maybe that's the thing I'm getting. Probably. 9.3 is a really good rating, man. Yeah. Why not 9.4?
0: It just felt right. Ugh. I mean, it's that's what it is. I just, I, and I, I feel like, you, you know. It's a 93 out of 100.
1: When you're below maybe an eight and above a three, like I think the decimals, and, in terms of how much I care about them, fairly don't matter. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to our end of the year wraps, and I see a beer that you've rated 9.3 and one 9.5, mm-hmm. I want to make sure now going forward, like you really feel good about that three. I do. Because if this came up against a 9.2, Mm -hmm. like i want you to be confident this is the better beer than the 9.2
0: yeah and you are Mm
1: -hmm. great yeah fair enough
0: if it was a little bit less sweet like give me 10 percent less sweetness this might be a 10 yeah okay because i love all the flavors i love the dark baking chocolate i love the hazelnut but you know it's pushing my limits as far as what i enjoy sweet wise sure and it's finding the outer extremes
1: um You got anything else on what has become a full acre since we've done two of the beers? Sorry about that joke, but I like it. uh, No,
0: I'm good. Thanks, Philip. Appreciate it. You've totally redeemed yourself.
1: Tell him, not me. Uh, Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you have feedback on anything at all that we have discussed today, perhaps you take issue with how we decide where we're putting decimals. I get it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can call. You can text 530-433-0839. Again, 5304330839. 5304330839. Or feel free to send us a good old fashioned email, fhccast at gmail.com.
0: I'm a fan of what just happened over there.
1: Nobody cared about that, but I care. I'm trying to get an extra text every <laughs> Oh, we got to, well, we'll save it till the end of the show.
0: Next week, we'll be covering Out of Darkness. It's a like 45,000 years ago kind of survival horror movie that I just turned Max onto. From the director of It Follows. It comes at night. Yeah. Um, some some
1: very great horror movies, mm-hmm. and that's coming from a person who doesn't like a
0: ton of horror movies. Yeah. And it was between this and one other movie, and this one, you know, it was either this or Argyle.
1: And we still might see Argyle. I want to see it. I don't, but I will. Sam, Sam Rockwell, Rockwell and a cat in a backpack. And, um. and. Dua Lipa, I know, right? Yeah, and. John Cena. No, the other drawline. Henry Campbell. Yes, and. Um, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, sure, because it's Matthew Vaughn who did Kingsman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, I think Bryce Dallas Howard is the um, yeah. author
0: of- Ron Howard's uh, kid. We don't need to explore the whole movie right now, but yeah, we're not seeing that, it, I guess. It looks fun. We're, we're, we're going to see it, but we're not going to cover it on the show.
1: Well, you wait till Hot and Bothered and you can see what I'm talking about. And I'm not sure that we're going to draw the line at Argyle after I talk about the beekeeper. That's fair. But okay.
0: But anyways, we're going to be covering Out of Darkness next week. So if you want to keep up with the show, go check that movie out. As a reminder to our radio listeners, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes the always unpredictable Hot and Bothered, or if you want to go digging through seven plus years worth of episodes dating back to 2016, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop cinema.
1: Yeah, we'll be back on the radio waves of KZFR next Saturday at 4 p.m. So until then, you can, of course, listen to our podcast, which is available everywhere if you miss us. But consume some films and beers that broaden your horizons and um, maybe have you questioning what the heck's in these beers. But get a beer that you enjoy regardless. Um, Again, if you enjoyed the show, you can leave a tip for KZFR at kzfr.org. You can join our Patreon if you are so inclined. You can support us personally. Um, Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And to those of you Currently, uh, I don't know, out for a jog in the nice warm weather. It's a beautiful day today. Listening in podcast form. We'll be right back with Hot and Bothered. Hot and Bothered. Welcome to Hot and Bothered. I just had the reaction. I was like, oh, no, did I start too soon? Your headphones aren't on. And they haven't been on all day. They were hurt. So I don't know why. They will have it as well. They were in my head today. I don't know why. So let's get into it, man. Um, Pretty sure you can say damn on the radio. You cannot say damn on the radio. What can you say on the radio? You can't. I actually have let hell slide a couple times. That really? And it's not my rules, dude. If I ran the radio. Oh, is that the FCC
0: or is that like KZFR's rules? I
1: don't know. It might. Well, where'd you get your rules, man? From KZFR. Okay. N- now, technically, uh, I believe it's, you know, I still don't know. I just know that I was told not to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's it's KZFR, not the FCC. That's t- probably right. Okay.
1: But that's the only radio station I've ever really been a part of Crazy. in the in the in the capacity of this show. So those are the rules. I don't like these rules, but I'll I'll, I'll abide by them. I have some media stuff
0: in Hot and Bothered.
1: Um okay. you don't. No.
0: So why don't you kick it off? Word. Uh so had a great weekend. Um Little mixed bag Thursday. Thursday was a bit of a tumultuous day for me personally. Was that Um, when we saw each other? um, Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going through some career shifts. So some things went down with that. Uh, And then it was a two-year anniversary of our friend Miyagi passing away. So there was a lot of emotions flying around that day. I knew I was going to end up at Burgers and Brew. Uh, to just have a drink, then turn over a barstool every year for him and, and give Nick Land a hug and and do all those things. And uh, I was feeling pretty bad. Just learned that my career shift is kind of happening. It's now. It's now. It, it, it is here. It is now. You don't have a choice. And you're not stopping podcasting. No. That's not the career you're not, No, my, my day job. Good, great. Just doing some some day job shifting. So I was kind of feeling not so great about things. And then ran into the homies, um, Chris. Shout out, executive producer. Uh, executive producer of this, of this show. show Alexis, I'm his lady, uh, Kevin Clem, uh, Keith Beck was out, uh, and they are all opening a bar together. <laughs> they Yeah, it's not so, open yet, I guess. But no, yes. it'll be open in about three months, called Beer Lobo. They just had gotten the keys that day. Mm-hmm. So it was a really wonderful kind of counterbalance to the the weight of life in general that day from the the past traumas and the the recent um upheavals so it was really cool to have something to like celebrate they acquired the building where norcal uh, brewing had been in most recently um formerly before that the winchester goose right. uh, a building that i got married in mm-hmm. a building that shares tons of great memories so we were actually able to to jam over there and, and check out the space and spend some time together you came out it was just a really beautiful time and it felt super necessary to kind of counteract the the somber, melancholy, mm-hmm. and kind of starting to get overwhelming feeling of that day. So, uh, it was really cool having some some positives outweigh or at least counterbalance some negatives. So lovely. And then that segued into um, I um, worked a beer event. A mom. bender is what you're. Well, doing. that was Thursday, and then Friday <laughs> yeah. we had a bottle share. Yeah. Thursday we're was right. Thursday was unplanned. Thursday was we're gonna have some beers with Miyagi. Ended up at Beer Lobo. Ended up drinking more. Uh, and then Friday was the planned bottle share with Keith Beck cause he's in town. Um, so that was great. Bunch of patrons out there, bunch of friends of the show. Uh, that was a blast. I posted pictures on our Instagram. If you were, Our Instagram? Yep. Of some of the beers, just the highlights. Nice. So if you were following along, I, I got to try up, I think 20 or 21%, 40 month aged. uh, Barely stout. out. That's disgusting. Was it was it, so good. It was not. It was fantastic. Really? Yeah. It was a moxa no. beer that uh, Derek Paul brought. And What's it the was, beer called? Uh,
1: I can okay, show you. look it up at some point. Yeah, you, I'll look it up if you can multitask because I want to look up that beer.
0: Yeah. No, it was fantastic. So that was cool getting to try a bunch of of beers and kick it with the homies, yeah. and then that led to. The next day, I had a brew fest that I had to pour at. I volunteered. Okay. Uh, there was a couple options that day for events, and the one that I chose was a fundraiser for the SPCA. Okay. So it was a um, nonprofit event, which I always prefer over like for profit. If I sure. can help, I'd like sure. to help. Uh, and it was fantastic pouring at a brew fest, and the head of the SPCA in Northern California was there. and. Kind of told me about where the money goes for these things and, and how much they appreciate it. So just getting to like do something with alcohol that immediately helps cats and dogs in Northern California. Yep. Hell yeah. Do that right. 10 out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. But the friend, the homie, friend of the show, Chad Rankin was out there pouring. Was he a friend of the show? I don't know. I'm not going to say friend of the show. I think Friend of mine.
1: Friend of My yours friend. is fine. But I yeah. think you got to earn friend of the show. And sometimes you fair. throw it out casually. Hang on. Yeah. No, no, no. Philip, friend of yours. Philip
0: James, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Philip James, yeah. Patron, Philip James. Yeah. Friend of mine. And sure. I know I don't really know him, okay, but I wouldn't say mine. he's not a friend, but yeah. he's not a friend
1: of the show. So Chad. sorry,
0: Chad. Fred, you're not <laughs> Fred. Chad? Chad, you're not <laughs> Max's friend. But he was out there pouring and we had talked about getting together. So um Keith Beck came over to my house and we we're able to share a couple more beers. And that night, by Saturday, we were, all our livers were kind of like yeah. no. Um, shared more laughs and conversation than beer. And it was uh, just a good time to catch up. Good fellowship. So that was all in the past.
1: Okay. To wrap this loop, it was called Eld. Yes. From Moxa. Um, and the version on Untapped is twenty one and a half percent. Yeah, it was silly. That's an incredible yeah. ABV for a beer. I think I think the record holder is a Sam Adams beer called Utopias. There's which, one more than that. It's is like there a, really?
0: It's called like Snake Bite something or other. It's like forty eight percent. That's barely. Is that even? It, it's liquor at that point. Um, well,
1: yeah. the Sam Adams one is twenty eight percent, which yeah. is like whatever. But and I've had it. It's okay. I, is it okay? It's no. It wasn't very good. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I I don't think you can get to a point where. You know, above a certain ABV, it's like even mildly enjoyable. So the, yeah. the fact that you're like Eld from Moxa is
0: good. No, it was very good. I sat there with Derek and, you know, at these shares, a lot of times bottles get passed around and mm-hmm. it's half full and it kind of just gets forgotten. Yeah. I went back to that one and sat with him and we talked about the nuance and he pulled up his membership email and it was aged in like, um, I want to say, no for sure, uh, Grandpappy Barrels. Sure. And then I want maybe it was Heaven Hill, but like three different whiskey barrels for different amounts of time.
1: Um, I've got apple brandy barrels, yes, um Thomas H. Handy rye whiskey barrels, yep, and then eighteen months an old rip.
0: yeah, yeah. So it was just this amazingly complex, so much barrel character, not too sweet, and it was hot, but it wasn't in, not enjoyable. Gotcha. Very unique drinking experience. One of the the more unique barley stouts I've had in the last Job. few years, maybe yeah, ever. Like yeah. forty months. Uh, the one I saw was fifty. That's crazy. Yeah. This one was forty. Okay, I think. Yeah, nice. Either way, it was very impressive. So. Now
1: I cut you off because you had said um, not because, but you had said that's all in the past. That's all in the past. I it had... sounded like you were segueing yourself. I
0: was. I have future. Into what? Into you, baby. (laughs) I got some future stuff to look forward to. Our boy Max Minardi is playing an original music only concert set. Or in this case, Oh, no, maybe it'll be tonight. It'll be No, it'll be last night by
1: the time people hear this. Oh,
0: damn it. So it's still in the past. Sorry, I'm posting about it on the podcast, Instagram nice. and all that too. So okay. no, yeah. As of the, you're hearing this, I was at Max's show last night yep. where he debuted a bunch of songs from his upcoming album, hung out at Argus with a bunch of friends, had a great time.
1: You shotgun that beer too at the end of the show on stage. Yeah. And I met that dog. It was fantastic. <laughs> I cannot wait. Yeah. So excited. Yeah.
0: If I meet a dog, I'm shotgunning a beer.
1: You got it in the opposite order. If because what dog's gonna come up to you if you're not shotgunning a beer? It's fair. Okay. That's fair. It could happen. It's but either alley. way,
0: um from this perspective, I'm excited. From sure. the hearing it perspective, I'm sure it was fantastic. Good.
1: Well, yeah, it's gonna be a fun show. I'm coming out. Thank you for coming. I'm coming. Um, I've had uh I was at Costco. It's probably the best way to start the story. Okay. Um, last week, and I usually kind of like um, beekeeper line it through Costco. Stop. Like I know what I'm getting. But this time I was, uh, I got stopped in the book section. I don't know if you've ever been to the book section of Costco? Yeah. I have. It's great. But I was there waiting for somebody. So I was looking through the books and they've got a lot of books. And I picked up like, I picked up um, the second, by the way, this might interest you because I know we've talked about it, but the, the second book. Um, the sequel to Legends and Lattes, which is that mm. book that I read by Travis Baldry a year or two ago about an ogre who quits her fighting and wants to start a coffee shop in a mm-hmm. place that's never heard of coffee. And there was a new one that came out last year. And I can't remember the name of it now because I haven't started it because I saw another book. It's about this thick, which um, – Dictionary thick. Dictionary thick or fantasy book thick. Mm-hmm. Um it had this like beautiful gold cover with like a dragon on the front and
0: oh you're gravitating
1: totally yeah. and it's called Fourth Wing it had like a New York Times clip on the front it was like the most you know the most grabbing aggressive fantasy book i've read in years and i was like this time was right up my alley it was like half off it was like $18 off of 30 um so i that night i went to the gym and i was re- i was like i'm going to read my book on the elliptical okay and i'm reading this book and it's about this girl violet who goes to Dragon Riding Academy, basically. it's a this whole academy she's in. there's there's different um there's different sort of sects of it. There's like dra- the dragon riders, like the scribes and like whatever, the healers. yeah. And her mother is like a famous dragon artist. She's the general of the army in the school, whatever ok her mom's like, you're going to be a dragon. Artist. She's like, I'm not cut out for it. but regardless, she has to go. And it's really doing a great job of building the world, written by uh, Rebecca Yarrow Rebecca Yarros. Yaros. And Violet is like going to this first challenge where she has to cross this two foot wide bridge over a 200 foot gap. And the whole book's in the first 30 pages building up to this challenge. It's like, it's storming out. And she gets to the top of the stairs right before she has to cross and she's distracted. And this is like a first person kind of writing book. So she, I am distracted when I see a man and he's the hottest man I've ever seen. (laughs) Nice. He's he's so and this I'm basically verbatim. He's so fucking hot, hotter than a dragon's breath. <laughs> and all I can think about is what it would be like to lie. And she's like going to this thing, and I'm on the elliptical. Like, all right, like <laughs> this good looking guy. Uh huh. Um, and then she's just like fantasizing about this dude. And as the book has gone on, it's been more of that kind of. Okay. And like less of like the sword and sandals. So I look up the book and all of the complaints that give this book bad reviews are from like middle-aged dudes that are like, I thought this was going to be like a Game of Thrones book and it's this girl is having sex with guys left and right. So I think I accidentally bought like an erotic sort of fantasy book along the lines of like a Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's like dragons instead of um dildos i hey, guess hey
0: let me get that fourth wing though huh? well so i'm like
1: 100 pages in now like a little bit like 120 i'm really into it like okay. it's a good book it's not the most sophisticated piece of literature
0: is the love making accurately written
1: Who's to say what's accurate when it comes to a fantasy world? Well, is it, world? it like- She's not having sex with the dragons.
0: Obviously. Okay. No, I mean like, is it like pornographic in nature or is it like well-written in a literary sense?
1: Well, since we're prodding, I, I've not gotten to, which might be a term, by the way, in these sort of activities, since you're prodding me, mm-hmm. I don't, we haven't gotten to a sex scene proper yet. Okay. It's been a lot of like, it's been a lot of fantasy. 120 pages? She's still like- It's not- She's a, in like the initiation of okay. her yeah. wing. like. There's a few guys who were like, oof, I hope she gets with him soon. But, like, they're, like, dangerous. Like, one's, like, trying to kill her. But is he, like, he's trying to stab her or is he trying to stab her?
0: Is he trying to prod her? You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. So, So I don't know. Yeah. but I'm invested. Someone's getting prodded. It's 18 bucks at Costco. It's called fourth wing. And it's the first of at least two books. It came out last. Um, I just Googled it and it showed like six
0: books in a stack. So you might, there's be no for- way.
1: Cause fourth wing came out in 2023 and she's not cranking them out that fast. Maybe it, it came di- out in May.
0: Oh yeah. It was different books then. Um, weird.
1: but then the next book is iron flame and I almost bought iron flame first. And I was like, a toss-up. I think this is the first one, but I don't know. Um, I'm glad you bought the first. So one. highbrow sort of young adult, <laughs> Erotic fantasy, okay, not something I knew that I was into,
0: but very much into. I mean, uh, sex and and sex being written into fantasy books is something that is not outlandish in the adult realm. Adult <laughs> books, I mean, like not young adult, but adult normal fantasy. We could do this two weeks in a row. I mean, if you want to talk about erotic fantasy,
1: dark fantasy, we can talk. We can talk. Jay Kristoff again. That's what I'm saying. We can talk Empire of the Vampire cuz i i mean i was listening to empire of the vampire once on cuz i bought an audiobook you mm-hmm. you did too as yeah. well right
0: i have both hard okay. copy and yeah so do i have ones
1: right there um but my lady came into the car at a moment where there was like a pretty graphic sex scene she's like what are you listening to and like, awesome it's like i was like empire of the what are you not listening to yeah. but i to your point yes like it's not a it's not a thing that is specific to this particular book it's like it's a pretty common yeah thing in life yeah so if you're going to transcend you know normal life to like wow. fantasy genres like you might as well include something that carries over
0: i mean i read fantasy books a lot mm-hmm. and there's very frequently sex in them yeah. i think the difference is when what becomes the focus like is it a fantasy book with a reasonable amount of of romance and sex built right. in right or is it an erotica novel that happens to have dragons or vampires or exactly yeah. that's the difference so i think You could weigh it against that, and it sounds more like a a fantasy novel that has elements of romance and – Of human impulse. Yeah. Yeah, Um, but I'm into it, so I'll I'll report back when I know more. It sounds good. I'll probably need something to read on Audible. That reminds me of the book that I got that ended up just being like porn. What was that book? Not that I'm interested, but – It was a free book on Audible. I was looking for just fantasy books, and it was like – I can't remember, but it was all about like ancient Greek gods that lived in like the modern era – all right. Yeah, it was kind of like an American Gods meets um something. I don't know what that is.
1: You've seen American Gods? The... No, you're your guy. It's your uh, yeah, I, Neil man. Ga- I'm Neil Gaiman's not my Ga- 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 guy. Ga- yeah, he's your guy.
0: No, he's not. I've never read a single one of his books. The only experience I really TV have with show? him is American Gods American that I've watched like one season of. Oh, okay. So it's no. Okay, yeah, never mind. Then. It's fine. Uh I have guys. He's Sorry, no, Neil he's Neil not Ga- one man. of them. Sorry, Neil. Try harder. But it ended up, it started out as like fantasy. Then like maybe a quarter of the way through the book, it was like just we're just rapid fire we're just, sex scenes. Yeah, like yeah. nothing happened in the plot before the next sex scene. Mm-hmm. And then again and again and again. And I'm like, well, at first it was intriguing. And now I just can't listen to this while I'm driving. It's distracting sure. and not good. And borderline inappropriate. Did you, mm-hmm. did you drive
1: with like a dude? Like, did you have like another guy in your car? This like wasn't a today. No, I know. But like, back, well, I thought for a while you did that.
0: Um, no, usually it's solo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But that's why I let it go as far as I did. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. Okay. I can't. Well, do you know the name David Ayer? David Ayer.
1: A-Y-E-R. He's the director of mm. Suicide Squad. Oh, um, yeah. Fury, which
0: mm-hmm. you've just seen. I like few Fury. Ago. Uh, end of Watch. Question on yeah, Suicide Squad. Sure. Is it the newest one? I would have said The Suicide Squad. I don't, that's the difference in the two? Yes.
1: Okay. It was that, um... Yeah, the 2016 was just Suicide Squad. And then um, once his name came along, I was like, this is the Suicide Squad. Gun, right? Yeah, James Gunn. Cool. Um, okay. So whatever. You had Suicide Squad, which sucked. Mm-hmm. Fury, which was good. Um, Bright, which was like the Will Smith, Joel Edgerton, Netflix exclusive, oh. like cop fantasy movie.
0: That was so which weird. Which sucked.
1: But then like End of Watch, which was Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Michael Pena. Wow. I think that was so good. This is the guy responsible for the beekeeper.
0: So he either makes really, really good movies. Or terrible. Terrible movies. Yes. Well, how was The Beekeeper? Terrible. Oof.
1: 2024, Jason Statham. And here's the Letterbox. They always have their one tagline, which is expose the corruption, protect the hive. <sighs> I know, it gets better from there. Um, not the description the movie. But it says, one man's campaign for vengeance takes on national stakes after he is revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization, known as beekeepers so is there any bees in this movie there's a ton of bees okay there's so many bees so here's the thing um jason statham plays the the titular beekeeper and in retirement he keeps bees little on the nose post or pre-retirement he was in this organization called the beekeepers and it's like a very sort of like it's like we have we have laws to protect us from criminals. When those laws fail, we have the system to handle the laws, and then it's like, but when those systems fail, you call me, and it's just Jason Statham doing his thing. And basically, what happens? Minor spoilers for the beginning of Beekeeper.
0: Oh, come on, that's not even. So
1: he's keeping bees post retirement, or yeah. I guess retirement. Um, post retirement is death. Post retiring, just retired. He's keeping bees for this. He's like clearing out a hornet's nest in this lady's house. And she's like nice to him once. She's like, let me make you dinner, even though you're done. She gets hacked by an organization of like tech bros. All of the money she was giving to charity is stolen and she kills herself. And he's like, not on my watch, not on my watch. <laughs> and, and he goes on like a killing spree and peppered in are just like bee puns. He's just like, sometimes you got a weed out the hornets or like you like, protect the hive or like it's, it's absurd. The action kind of sucks. Um, Josh Hutcherson, um, who we most recently have seen in five nights at Freddy's okay. is like one of the main tech bros, like his it's, and it turned like, the, can I spoil the beekeeper? I would love it if you did. It go. how deep does the corruption go? It goes to the top. It goes to the president who's, um, a lady played by, um, a bee. She said, bee. Well, yeah, and you bet they took that chance. Sometimes you got you got kill the queen bee to cleanse the hive. He says that because he's gonna like kill the president. Um, I don't even know who played the president. Um,
0: you so. went to the theater and saw this. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. That is a real movie. Um,
1: Gemma Redgrave plays the president. Josh Hutcherson is her son. But is- she's like old, so he handles tech stuff. He's been like smuggling money. To fund his scamming projects. You say her name like anyone should know who she is. No, I specifically couldn't find her name because nobody knows who this is. Um, she's been in nothing else that you would know. Probably. Nope. Maybe an episode of Doctor Who. Don't watch it. Right. Um She's been at nothing. Okay. She has the vibe of the uh the CEO of Vought from the boys. Mm. She got that kind of, but like none of the heft to back it up. Gotcha. Um, it's not even fun in the way that Jason Statham shoot em up movies is fun. Yeah. It um, wasn't Meg too fun. The Meg Meg to the Trench was pinnacle Statham popcorn action, which I you still lo- haven't
0: seen. I love that you only refer to it by its proper title. Get
1: it right. Actually, and if I'm being if I'm being proper uh Meg 2 Colon The Trench. Yeah. What an absurd movie. <laughs> they make up so much science in that movie. Um and this one doesn't bother. I guess that's the difference between a good bad movie and a bad bad movie. This one doesn't try to even assume that the viewers care at all. It's like here's what's happening. The action's terrible, the choreography sucks, like the special effects are terrible. Like every tech company that goes down in this movie is like a neon lit dance club. There's there's like Horrible muscle dudes and like gun guys. It's just, I mean, it's rough, man. It's 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 like an hour forty five. It it shouldn't have been made, but it definitely shouldn't be that long.
0: Shouldn't be that long. It sounds like it had a clipboard with uh, action movie tropes and cliches, and it just went down the board and said, "Yep, totally, dude." Got like it. it's it's the, it it's, was there one giant steroided out bad guy with at least one, possibly two large knives. Yes, but missing one leg. Oh, that's a level up, dude. Well, actually,
1: there's this really confused scene that happens where he fights that guy, who's like, he's a New Zealand mercenary. Obviously, he fights that guy. He's got the vibe of like uh, like um, Wolverine's brother in the X-Men movies. Um, I can't think of that character. Sabretooth? Yeah, yes. But that actor, Live Shriver? Shriver, yeah. We said the opposite enunciation, but whoever that guy is like with the goatee that is like nothing here, but like all of this yeah, and like the maniacal, like unpredictability, he's got that going, but he's missing a leg. And at one point, like they're fighting in their final battle and he's doing a good job. One leg New Zealander. And like, we get this cutaway to where like Jason Statham kicks his good leg and the guy's like hobbling and Jason Statham's beating the shit out of him. I'm just like, that's not cool, dude. Like it's kind of a jerk move. He's got one leg. You're kicking it. Yeah. Like, and I, like you hit your opponent's weak spot. Like he was like really beating him up. Like I was like, give him a break, dude. Or kick the missing leg and like pop the prosthetic off. I didn't tell you he was wearing a prosthetic. He was, but I didn't tell you that. I just And he does kick it off. Okay. I was going (laughs) to say. Be wild
0: if he just was like, like hopping. Yeah. Don't, Don't kiwis hop on one foot when they were a thing maybe and, and new zealanders are kiwis that would have been a fun i don't know um, if they're doing bee puns that would have been it's fun. doing the john wick thing really really poorly gotcha uh it's bad well it sounds like a colossal waste of time i'm glad you watched it so i didn't have to max minardi the beekeeper bottom 10 of the year for out sure. of 10 uh uh two i'm gonna give it a two okay
1: Some of it was all right kind of but really bad just okay. like one of the worst movies i've seen like in the past 10 years <laughs> if i was seven beers deep no not even then no watch meg two coal in the trench okay there's so many good bad movies out there don't waste your time oh i this. know there
0: is terrible all
1: right and that's what i got on hot and bothered this week well,
0: that's all i got on the docket i'm super stoked to watch out of darkness next week or this week for next week sure don't know what beers we're doing yet
1: yeah that's, we'll find something yeah
0: um, Text get, us if you got beers you want us to review What's the number, Johnny? It's, Give five, it a go, come on It's 530-433-0839 oh. yeah. three three yeah. Nicely done
1: um, The show wouldn't be what it is That's part of Bailey Monati without the memory of Johnny Summers um, That's a sort of a loaded what? phrase Without Johnny Summers' incredible memory Yeah, Iron um, Trap <laughs> Everybody on Patreon who makes this show possible um, And then if you want to grab a sweet, delicious beer um, at a great price, check out the handlebar right here in
0: town. And if you're in Patreon, show up there on a certain night this week. Wow. Yeah. The, people can put those together probably pretty quick. If they listen to the front Shh, end. Nobody front listens to this. It's fine. Um, it's just you and me.
1: All right. Well then you, <laughs> whose name is Johnny Summers, and I will see you next week.
0: I will. I'll see you this week. Tell him my name. You're Max Minardi. All right. And I'll see you at your show this week. Sure. And at our bar hang earlier in this week.
1: Yes. Maybe all right. Later. I don't know. Sure. Let me take it. Get out of here. You know, be good to each other. Uh, Watch a good movie. Read a good book about horny dragon-riding teenagers. And we'll see you next week. I'm Johnny Summers. I'm Max Minardi. Goodbye. This
0: fresh hot cinema.